to Liberty Church. Um, we've uh, got a nice uh, snowstorm that finally came through, right? Um, so, uh, for those of you who are new, we've got uh, communion in the back. Um, you can take any time you want during the service. Everyone is welcome to uh, participate and partake. We do have a nursery if uh, you do have a young one and uh, or angel. Angel gets a little rowdy. We can take Angel back there. Um, but uh, I want to see what this makes me say. Um, <laughs> um, we have a we have a different different type of service today. But I got uh, we got Don to come up and do announcements and uh, offerings. Lord, we thank you that we are free in our relationship with you. We thank you that you love us, that you're faithful, and you love to bless us. You love a faithful and cheerful giver, and we're going to give people an opportunity to, uh, to show our gratitude for all that God has done. We're going to listen to some stories of God's work and lives of people here in the congregation uh, today. But before we do that, we're going to uh, receive the offering. Malachi 3.10 says, bring your tithes to the storehouse. And God even says, test me on that because I want to bless you. I want to pour out a blessing that will just overflow over you. And he will protect you from the devourer. So, Part of our blessings from God is just a response to our hearts uh, giving back to him. So if you're here, the box is in the back, libertychurch.org uh, has a donation button if you'd rather do that electronically. So we encourage you to make your gifts an offering. <coughs> a lot going on this week. Tomorrow's a big day. Anybody remember why tomorrow's a big day? Amen. <laughs> so... Uh, Foursquare has called us to fast, and uh, fasting is important. He's called us to prayer. That's even more important. So it's a combination of, of uh, recognizing that we want more of God, and God wants more of us, and it's a great way to start the year is to set aside things so that we can spend more time with the Lord, more time in prayer, more time in his word, more time praying his word. That's the theme of praying God's word. So if you haven't already signed up, foursquare.org slash prayer or just foursquare.org gives you access to the 21-day uh, devotional. If you'd like to sign up, they'll actually send you a text every day with the, uh, the scriptures that were called to prayer. But if you'd rather like, uh, like to have it, you can uh, download it, print it out. If you're really excited, you can buy it on Amazon. It costs about 10 bucks, and you can have the whole, whole thing if it's a little bit late, but it probably would come within a few days. So, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to come ever closer to you, to start the year off by prioritizing our relationship with you. Lord, you are Emmanuel. You are God who is with us. But the question is, are we with you? Have we really prioritized you, put you in first place, the place that you deserve? 
So this is an opportunity for us, Lord, to, to set our priorities on you and draw close to you in this 21 days. In Jesus' name we pray. So fasting is always uh, between you and God. It's not something that's mandatory, but it is something that Jesus has done. There's lots of examples in the, in the Bible about fasting. Uh, uh, here it talks about four principles for fasting. One is self-denial, the other self-humbling, setting our right priorities, and dependence on God. In Matthew 16, 24, it says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. So fasting is a form of denying. We just say no to the desires of our flesh, the desires of the world, the desires of things that pull us away from God. In 1 Corinthians 9, 27, it says, I discipline my body, bring it into subjection. And that's part of what we're doing. It's, it's learning to, to discipline ourselves so that we can get more from God. So encourage you, if you haven't already committed to do that, uh, talk to God about it. Decide what it is that he wants you to, to give away in order to be able to feast fully on him during these 28, or, yeah, the 28 days. So starting tomorrow, the 8th through the 28th, and foursquare.org is the place to sign up for. Have a lot more going on this week. So Tuesday's also a big day. We have a special guest with uh, coming to our hop on Tuesday evening, uh, Ed Watts, and actually two other uh, speakers are going to come, and we have a great worship team. So if you would like to join us, 630. Uh, Join us for that uh, event. Uh, Wednesday night, continue our Bible study in the book of Mark. We start at 7 o'clock, so you're encouraged to join us for that. Also, I forgot one more thing going on today. After church today, we have a meeting with Danielle for those who are involved in the children's, children's ministry. Um, coming up, we have a... Um, leadership meeting on the 26th, which is a Friday. Uh, be a 6 p.m. Have, have a dinner. So all of you who are serving the church, doing something uh, as part of one of the ministries, you're invited to come. If you're interested in finding out more and would like to come, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, actually, the week before the 21st, the men's breakfast will uh be that uh, Saturday morning. And then important, the business meeting, we do an annual business meeting where we go through finances, we go through uh, confirming the, the, the uh, council that serves and uh, oversees the, the, uh, the church and helps the pastors. Uh, and we take a vote then on uh, bringing new people on. So if you would like to vote, you need to be a member. In fact, we have to have a, a quorum in order for the, the meeting to count, which means we need to have a majority of the members attending. So if you haven't signed up and you'd like to uh, make this your church home and be part of, uh, of Liberty Church, uh, you can see one of the pastors, Danielle or Susan specifically, and, and uh, 
make sure you're on the uh, the rolls to be able to vote. But if you just would like to come and listen, it'll be right after church on the 28th, uh, Sunday the 28th. I uh, want to also just thank those who came and took out took down the greenery. We had a group that uh, knocked that out quickly, but there was even a bigger event going on. The Hispanic Church, our, our sister church here meets here. I think they were all here, and they were doing a deep cleaning that I don't think this building has ever seen. They were up dusting here. Look at Clark. You can see him. It's clean. <laughs> but they dusted and cleaned and did everything, did a wonderful job. And so... Uh, we just thank those who serve, and we just uh, want to appreciate all that they've done. So, Father, we just thank you, and we ask your blessing over each of us as we draw ever closer to you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right. Who's ready to get back into worship? All right. Stand.
and he heals all of my diseases. Let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now, you have to be careful on how you do this because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does, but I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be. To say that every single person will always be healed because Jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture. Not true. Won't work. Isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing. I'm sorry. That's just not the context. And to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had and you have had in times past pit experiences. We've both had We've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm a bit overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. I'm, uh, <laughs> sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I. He redeems my life from the pit <laughs> and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious 
The Lord is slow to anger. The Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. <laughs> he does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. <laughs> For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So that pastor there had permanent... Uh, vocal cord damage. I don't remember exactly what, but I believe it was a surgery that kind of went wrong, and it had cut his vocal cords. And so that's why you heard that gruffness at the beginning of that video. And this, he didn't, he wasn't the pastor of that church. He was asked to come and preach about healing, and he was a little reluctant to. He said, because why would I preach about healing? Listen to my voice. But he prayed about it and God said you know let them know the Lord takes and the Lord gives and he preached about you know there are times God heals there are times that God doesn't but bless the Lord on my soul and God healed him while he was preaching now for those of you who say miracles don't happen rewatch the video also we're glad you're here because we have had multiple healing miracles in this church and that's kind of what is so different about today is we're going to be talking about the different healings we're going to be hearing people talk about particular healings we're going to be talking about how god has healed certain people because it is good to have a praise report to tell people what god is doing it edifies the church it spurs people on in their faith it reminds them that God is still at work. Now, I just kind of want to quickly go over a couple of things. You know, for those of you who don't know, uh, Don just mentioned it. We are a four-square church. We're part of the International Church of the Four-Square Gospel. And in the back over here, you'll see the reason why we're called four squares is because there's four squares. This is Jesus' ministry. Jesus the Savior. Jesus the Baptizer of the Holy Spirit. Jesus the Healer. Jesus the soon coming king and one of the main things about the the our movement our denomination is we believe that whatever jesus did back then he does now which is why our main verse let me see if it's up do you have that stuff up hang tight holding on that's our main verse hebrews 13 8 jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever he is yesterday today and forever the, the savior the baptizer of the holy spirit the healer and the soon coming king so today we're going to focus on jesus the healer because we still believe today that jesus heals in fact part of our statement of faith here's here's what's written by our founder amy simple mcpherson we believe that divine healing is the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to heal the sick and the afflicted and answer to believing prayer. 
that he who is the same yesterday, today, and forever has never changed, but is still an all-sufficient help in time of trouble, able to meet the needs of and quicken the body into newness of life, as well as the soul and the spirit in answer to the faith of them who ever pray with submission to his divine and sovereign will. And one of the scriptures that we go off of is Matthew eight sixteen through 17. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled when spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Now, our founder, Amy Simple, because we believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, had many healing services. This is called the stretcher service. What would happen is, is Amy Simple became notorious for divine healing. So what the hospitals would actually do is bring in all these people with stretchers. They would wheel them in, and then the ambulance would just take off. Because they knew that once they put them in, that the ambulance wasn't going to be needed anymore. And all of these people were healed. And if you've ever gone to the first Foursquare Church, which is called Angelus Temple in Los Angeles, there used to be a whole storage room full of stretchers, crutches, all kinds of medical devices that people would walk in with and they wouldn't need anymore because of divine healing. Now, I will make sure to let you guys know. Here's, here's one of the points, though. Divine healing happened within Foursquare and with Amy Simple, not because God just thought she was just so amazing. It wasn't because she was the only sinless one and she floated above the air and she was just so amazing and great that God just moved in her. It's not the case. Nor is it because the Foursquare church is the one true church. You will always have a problem if any church you go to says we are the only one and everybody else is wrong. That is not the case. As a matter of fact, we believe the exact opposite. Anyone and everyone who trusts in Jesus, believes in Jesus, and follows Jesus is the one true church. We have brothers and sisters all over this area who have been called by the name of Jesus who are the one true church. As a matter of fact, Amy Simple kind of fought against this because I read in one of her books, this is one of her statements when she became notorious for being, for being a divine healer. As a matter of fact, she hated being told that. And she said that as she was praying, getting ready for probably one of these particular services, she says, quote, the Lord seemed to say to me, remember, if at any time... You allow people to call you the miracle woman and to say that you healed them, you will no longer have power. Whatever the results are to say, you are to say, the glory belongs to the Lord. So here's the point. Everything that we're going to hear, healings and any other miracles or anything, the whole point of it is not to say, look how awesome this church is. Look how awesome that person is. It is to point straight to Jesus. And then everything that happens, everything that we hear about is to the glory 
and honor and praise of the one true God and his son, Jesus Christ. And that is it. Look at Ephesians 3.20 through 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generation forever and ever. So when we're hearing this, I'm going to have Dave come in a minute. Anything that we hear, it's not because Liberty Church is awesome. We would love to have you come in here. It is to the glory and honor and praise of God. So we dedicate all of these to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So Dave, if you want to come up, we're going to hear our first praise report. Thank you, sir. Go Dodgers. Good morning. When Michael asked me to share testimony, I started thinking about 60-something years of miracles that God has done in my life. And I thought, I can't even start because we'd be here all week. And, and I know that what I'm supposed to share is about what happened a year ago. But I, I had something that the Lord put on my heart that I, I couldn't let go of. And I believe that, that what I'm about to say first is for somebody here today. That the Lord is speaking to you today. And I want to preface it by saying that Jesus is our healer. But can I ask you something? Is it a greater miracle that he can heal somebody's broken leg or that he heals a heart? And his healing is for our internal self. The, the body's kind of, a, kind of an add-on. 30-something years ago, when my baby boy, Stephen, not so much a baby boy anymore, but he was probably, I don't know, 8, 9, 10 years old. I was in Phoenix on a job. I was in a hotel. And I received a call from my wife, Stephanie. And she said that she'd been at the doctor, and the doctor wanted her and Stephen to come back the next day because they think he has leukemia which is a horrible disease for a child, anybody. And I immediately went to my room and began to pray because I was having a crisis, not a crisis of faith, but I was having a crisis as to what I believed. And I'd spent my whole life in the church, and you guys have probably all experienced this, when somebody is praying for somebody's healing, you have those that are, Lord, I believe, I know that you're going to heal them, and they have all this faith, and they're praying, and it's great, and it's wonderful, and you can just hear the, the trumpets sounding in heaven because of their faith. But I didn't have that. And I started asking the Lord, how come I didn't have this giant faith of, and wanting to pray for my son that way? And as I prayed the Lord began to remind me of different people that we'd prayed for and they'd been healed and remind me of times when, when he had healed me. And he said, he said, Dave, when I tell you that I'm going to heal, he says, you can pray the prayer of faith because I spoke it to you. 
And you can pray just as loud and with as many trumpets as you want because I proclaimed it to you. He says, but if I didn't tell you, you can still pray with the faith knowing that Jesus is the healer. Do you get that? He's always the healer. And we have faith in that and we can trust that. But I'll tell you what, if he speaks it to you, take it to the bank. Just take it to the bank. Proclaim it because you can trust him. Enough sermon. A week before Christmas last year, I, I had been doing really well. Uh, I'd been losing weight, and I'd semi-retired, wasn't traveling as much, and the uh, doctor was really impressed with my diabetes, was getting better, all this stuff. And I insisted that I get a stress EKG because I thought it was ridiculous to all of a sudden start doing better and losing weight and having my labs look good and then die of a heart attack. And he said, no, you don't need it. You, you don't need a stress EKG. Your heart's fine. But I insisted. And he finally scheduled a week before Christmas, he scheduled a stress EKG. And I began to do that dreaded treadmill thing. And I didn't even get halfway through when they shut it down and said, you're having a heart attack. You're, you're a mess. So they sent me home, scheduled a, an angiogram where they're going to put some stents in my heart. And that was two days before Christmas, and they got the angiogram in, and they immediately pulled it back out and said, you have five blocked arteries, three are 100% blocked, and two are 80% blocked. You shouldn't be alive. You're a walking time bomb. And they said, it's not to the point where we have to rush you into surgery, but we're going to schedule something as quick around Christmas as we can. And they sent me home. And they gave Stephanie some nitroglycerin in case something happened. And while I was sitting in my chair, I started having a heart attack. She gave me some nitro. It didn't go away. She gave me some more and drove me to the VA, to the emergency room. And they were working on me, and things kind of settled down. And Stephanie went into the waiting room to meet with Susan Woolsey, who had come up to visit. And they were talking when all of a sudden the, my an elephant walked in the room and sat on my chest. And uh, I got my phone. The nurses and doctors were all busy somewhere else because I was stable. And uh, I called her and said, please bring the doctors. And they came in. And they worked on me for 45 minutes. And for 45 minutes, I had excruciating pain. And it got to the point where they, they couldn't do anything. And they didn't know what to do. And I was listening to them talk and say, you know, we don't know what to do. You know, what should we try next? And I realized that I was uh, going home to be with Jesus. And uh, I told the Lord that. I said, Lord, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. And I said, but I've just retired, and this is Stephanie's of my time, and I want to spend more time with my wife. Could I please have some more time with my wife? And all the pain went away. And they... They didn't know what was going on. They couldn't figure it out. But the pain was gone. My vitals went back uh, to normal. And they admitted me uh, two days before Christmas. They, they admitted me to the telemetry uh, part of the hospital. They had me all hooked up. And they had 24-7 people watching and monitoring my, my vitals. And I spent Christmas in the hospital. And by the way, it was a joyous Christmas, being able to FaceTime with my 
family and for all of us to recognize that life is precious. And two days after Christmas, I had my surgery, open heart surgery. And uh, my doctor had come in the day before and she said, you're so bad that one of the five veins or arteries we will not be able to fix. We're going to have to just cut it out. And the other four are so bad that we, we're going to try to get you to 70%. And that's about all we can get. And uh, the Lord graced me with, with being able to talk to her, and I got really close to her. And uh, her, In fact, she was so personable and close with me that her staff was looking at her like, well, who are you and what did you do with our surgeon? And, uh, and so as we were talking, she looked at me and she said, would you like a picture of your heart? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, I'll take a picture of it and, and text it to you when you're on the operating table. So anyway, she was going to get 70%. And when she left, I looked at Stephanie and I said, the Lord's telling me that we need to pray for 100%. That whatever happens, we need 100%. And I just, I just knew that God was going to take care of it. And the surgery took way longer than it was supposed to because she worked hard and she, she told us that she really worked really uh, extra special to try to get me back, but she got me to 100%. And she said that my heart should last another 30 to 35 years unless I get hit by a bus, so I'm not taking buses anywhere. If you see me running away, it's because a bus is coming. But uh, there was all sorts of other difficulties. My chest had caved in once when I was in my 20s, and she had to cut things away and put in steel plates to, to, to sew my chest back up. But I got returned to 100%. And as I was laying in recovery, and, and by the way, if you ever have open-heart surgery, my suggestion is don't. But if you ever have open-heart surgery, the recovery is is just unbelievably difficult. And as I was laying in bed, and was talking to the Lord, and I began to ask him, I said, Lord, how come? I said, how come you honored my prayer that I wanted to spend time with my wife? I said, I, I should have said, Lord, my neighbor's not saved. And I need, to, I need to reach my neighbor, and I've got workers that I need to tell about you. And, and it was, I, I didn't say anything about that. All I did was I wanted to be with my wife. And the Lord spoke so gently to me, and he said, I've given you the desires of your heart because they're my desires. And so I want you to know today that Jesus heals, even when we don't deserve it, but we deserve it because we're in him. And Jesus heals. Remember that. Jesus heals. As we continue our uh, worship, this next song is about Jericho walls. It's about the God tearing down the, the walls and the things that we build up. It's not always the healing we need. It's not always just physical, but sometimes we have um, hurts and, and uh, mental. 
simple things or addictions or just things that we just have that we're holding on to and God can just tear them down to give us freedom. So here's this. This is the the next song. just gave me this song. It was amazing, and um, I had asked for something for that day, and he just reminded me that all I have to do is put him first, always, 
And if I put him first, then everything else falls into line. So this one's called Kristen Swift.
All right. <clears throat> we'll be okay if they don't give me that trick microphone they always give me that makes me sound like I'm crying and look like I'm crying. I don't know. It's Amazon. So, Danielle asked me to talk about healing, and I assumed she was talking about um, what happened last year with, with my heart as well. Um, but it has to go back a little bit farther. Um, before I had physical problems with my heart, I had a lot of spiritual problems. I had uh, emotional problems. So I had to get that all taken care of first, which my heart healing was pretty easy. I didn't have to do anything. I had to lay around for 12 weeks while everything healed. And that got a little bit hard in the end, but I'm really good at laying around. <laughs> but uh, the spiritual and emotional problems were not easy. Um, with admitting things, talking to people about emotions. Um, that just wasn't part of my life. But with uh, Celebrate Recovery and counseling, I was able to get through the super hard stuff. And I do believe that all of that made it easier to get through the physical stuff. So it was a couple of hard years of finding out who I was, why I was acting like I did. And I mean, I'm, I'm almost 60 now. So to go back when I was three, when I can barely remember what I had for lunch yesterday was was difficult. Talking to strangers was difficult. Um, but God gave me the courage to push through. He said, this is what you have to do. There's no shortcut. I'm going to find those too. But so after all that healing, that's where my real healing came through was getting out of my own way, um, doing the work. Just accepting help, all these things that were never on my list of things to do. <laughs> um, so when my, when my heart physically went bad, it was... I believe it was a continuation of the, <laughs> the I will give you a new heart. I mean, you've done that spiritually and emotionally. I guess he wanted the trifecta. So... I had, they were able to get to all five of mine. Didn't have to skip one like Dave. He's on VA, that's why they did it. I have PEHP. 
So the first day after my surgery was rough. Um, and then the rest of them were not. I was up walking around the second day, walking around the nurse's station. Um, like I said, the hardest thing probably in the end was not being able to do the things I wanted to do when I felt like I could. But we've, we've always known that God will take care of us even when we chose to walk away. We can always look back at our life and see what he did when we weren't participating but how much better it was when we were. And that goes with with everything, with tithing, with reading, studying, um, doing ministries. So it was scary knowing that you're really not there for those, sometime during those five or six hours, you're not, you are gone. Um, not as much as Kenny. He's not in here. His, his heart was in a different spot for a while, so we always compare between the three of us. And having the support from the church and friends and family, and when you can feel people praying for you, it's amazing that you just get better. So um, having to follow the rules and eat better and ex exercise more and trying to keep the heart physically from being clogged up again and it's a reminder that I have to keep the spiritual and emotional part clean as well. So I know that when I'm walking in the spirit, I won't do the things of the flesh. And that is my goal. And when one thing works, most everything works. So that's it. That's 10 minutes, in case you guys were wondering.
So the testimony I have today is not my own. I am by proxy here to share the testimony of Pat. I don't know if you guys know her, some of you guys are new, but Pat, little Pat, um, Valerie's mom, her mom, um, she's been through a lot. And I think we would just do a discourtesy if I didn't share her story today. She was a little nervous to do it herself, so she did write um, something for me. Some of you guys have read this, but I think we need to not only praise the healing that has already happened, but the healing that is continuing. And the fact that she has so much faith to share about her own progress. So I'm going to read her letter. So when I say am, I am or I want or whatever, it's from Pat's perspective. My name is Pat, born 18, 1941. I want to start with a little background of my general medical history in case this could be a factor in the current results of my cancer. I've been very healthy my entire life. The only operation was a hysterectomy approximately 30 years ago. Never broke a bone, very seldom had colds or flus. Anyways, despite this, with a few colonoscopies every few years that were clear, and when I was 70 years old, my doctor said they were no longer necessary. Then, on January 4th, 2022, I had a pain in my belly that would not go away, so my daughter took me to the hospital. After shovel tests and a colostomy was done on January 6th, 2022, which showed a tumor on my colon. On January 31st, 2022, surgery was done to remove the tumor. The surgeon did not think it necessary for me to have chemotherapy because she felt she had gotten all the tumor. Then in March 2022, I had a routine CT scan to check for any more tumors and found that the cancer had spread to my liver. After several months of chemotherapy to try to reduce the liver cancer, it was finally decided that surgery was the answer. So on November 30th, 2022, I had surgery to remove the cancer in my liver. I continued with chemotherapy after that. I had a routine scan on April 11th, 2023, which showed that two cancer cells had appeared in my lungs. The doctor re recommended radiology treatment on those cells, which I did. After another CT scan on July 23, 2023, it was discovered that four more cancer cells had appeared in my lungs, so now I had six. At this point, my doctor said that they had done everything they could to kill the cancer. My heart dropped and I knew it was hopeless. My fight was over. Then the doctor said he knew of a clinical a trial for a new cancer drug being conducted, and he thought I would be a good candidate. After a barrage of tests, I was approved to enter the trial. The trial is being done by cutoff onology, which includes folinoferrin, and <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna struggle with these medication names and benzodome, 20 milligram of onistern in a pill form. I started the trial on August 28, 2023. I had a CT scan on October 2nd, 2023 to check the progress. 
the results showed three of the six cancer cells in my lung have gotten smaller and there were no new cells. So this drug was killing the cell. I don't know why I got cancer, but I was firmly believed that God gave me a doctor who knew of this new drug. I am writing this in hopes that sometime in the future, this information will help someone with cancer be aware of this new drug. It's working for me, and I will continue the trial until the cancer is all gone. I recently found out that of all the patients in this trial, I am the only one who has shown progress. I thank for God's, for his healing hand, for everything he's done for me. I mean, it speaks to it. And she, if you ever get a chance to talk to Pat, you tell her how brave and courageous she is, she'll, she'll say no. <laughs> she doesn't believe it, but God has done so much for her. And just the fact that she is still here, still fighting, still has hope, still has faith after bad news, after bad news, after bad news, and God is finally in her life being like, it is time for you now. After 70 years old, and I, it doesn't matter what age of life you're in, God can do so much, but you need to have the faith and trust that he can. I know some of us in her circumstances would have just given up. As the speaker said earlier, just dig in that pit, buried ourselves, lost our way, made things worse trying to carry it on our own or fix it on our own. But take a lesson from Pat. Have that faith and just continue walking. Don't dig that path. Don't dig that pit. Plow through that path. We had other speakers lined up for today, but circumstances were unfortunate to not have them here today. We have so many healings that have happened just in this church alone. And we're not a big church, so you can imagine on a greater scale that God has done. And I just, I can't tell them the testimony because you have to hear it from them, but I'd like to highlight on some of it. But AJ, I don't know if you guys know AJ and his story. He had a ter 17, had a terrible car accident, was in coma for quite a while, and his parents were so stressed and worried. And I went into the hospital a few days after he had his accidents to pray for them and lay, lay hands. Guys, we, we believe in laying hands. And he was there all hooked up to the machines, bruised and battered and, and uh, unconscious. And I put my hand on him, and he was so cold. A few days later, I came in, and he had color to his skin. He was still out, still hooked up. And then I could see that, that God was working in him, not only him, but I had a faith that when he woke up physically, that it would have a hand in his heart. And then just a few weeks ago, to see him walk through and sit here during a church service and talk and communicate with people as best he can at this point, it was amazing to see that. And I could see God's plan, and rarely do we get an option to see that happen but to see from that cold body to him up and showing pictures of that accident, you can tell he knew something was working in him, and I pray that sticks in him. Um, get a chance to talk to Don Warner. He wasn't able to make it here today, but he has 
the most serendipitous, almost like fact of healing that came upon him from having a, a car roll to finding out so much more from that. So if you get a chance, have him elaborate on that story. And I just believe in healing, guys. It's so important to have that faith. And I was telling the worship team this morning, I knew something was going to happen good today because the enemy was working against us. It was just people being ill, people not making it, just things throughout the week. And I was getting frustrated, but then I remembered it's because we're doing something mighty. I know he's attacking us, and we know when we're on the right path, that is when he attacks the most. We know that we're doing well is when we have these things that come up to try to trip us, to try to give us that shovel to dig that pit, to just continue to vaunt us. But God, we know we can overcome. Valerie said it this morning. We are not going to let him have the victory in winning because we know something good is going to come out today. And I'm going to pass this on to Pastor Michael, and he is going to do an altar call, and he'll be leading us into that. So if you feel like you want a healing and you want to come up and have extra prayer, this is the time to do it. And it doesn't matter if it's a physical ailment. It could be a mental ailment. I know some of us in here have a testimony against suicide. I mean, Pastor Mike has been very open about that. Um, some of us have a testimony about addiction. Some of us have a testimony of great worth. And I encourage you, if you don't come up for prayer, share. Let people know that this isn't something that has died. This is something that lives. So, um, tell you guys a story real quick, and there's a point to it, I promise. Um, I moved into my hometown. For those of you who don't know, I'm from Southern California. I moved to my hometown when I was 12. And I got together with some friends, well, like you do. The problem is, is we were all messed up kids. You know, like Pastor Danielle said, I struggled with depression my whole life, struggled with suicidal thoughts. And what you do is you self-medicate. Self-medicated with alcohol, self-medicated with pills, all that good stuff. We were a bunch of messed up children. Well, a buddy of mine who I had known when I first moved there, he went the complete off the deep end. It was meth. It was all kinds of different things. Became homeless. I didn't see him for, for years. He just went off the rails. Years later, by the grace of God, God got a hold of me saved me and for some reason that I still don't understand called me to be a pastor and at the time I was still the youth pastor I was just a youth pastor but one Sunday I was asked to preach so I'm up there preaching and who do I see come from behind the door and the back door is my buddy I hadn't seen for years and he was pretty disheveled all he had on, I mean, Southern California, you can't do that here. Pair of shorts, flip-flops, tank top, that's all he had. That's it. And he walked in. He was looking for some hope. He was struggling. He was dealing with it. And he said, I later talked to him. He said he looked up, and he saw me preaching. Me. And he went, what is that guy doing? I, we did some stuff. What is that guy doing up there? And he had his struggles. I mean, he relapsed, he came back, he relapsed, he came back. And I will tell you, before we left and came here, he had been sober for about two years, 
had gotten engaged to be married and had just gotten a brand new job. And, and a house. I forgot about that. The house. Now, here's the thing. He said, I kept coming back. Because first of all, the church was so welcoming to me. They didn't care what I wore, what I smelled like, nothing. Secondly, he said, if God can save you, he can do a miracle in me. Now, the point is this. Your miracle, your healing, whatever it is that God saves you from is not just for you. It is so people can go, look at what they did in that person's life. I want some of that. So if you want to come up, we're going to have people who pray. Go ahead, come on up. We're going to have an altar call. Again, like Pastor Danielle said, it doesn't matter what it is. Addiction, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Remember, Jesus is the healer. He heals yesterday, today, and forever. And most importantly, he can save and heal your soul. Amen. I'm going to pray. You come up whenever you feel like it. If you see someone open, come up and ask for prayer. If you don't know Jesus today, come talk to one of us. We will be happy to tell you about him so that he can also save you. So let's pray. Holy Father, we again thank you for the blessings that you have healed. Holy Father, your graciousness knows no bounds because not only do we not deserve to be saved from our sins, not only do we not deserve to have you come down as a human being and die on the cross for us to save us, not only did you redeem us into yourself, that by the power of your blood we are now children of the living God. We thank you, Father, for that. But not only that, that you continue to heal. You heal physically. You heal emotionally. You heal spiritually. You are a God who wants to heal. We thank you, Father, for this church. We thank you, Father, that we can come to you and pray and give our petitions to you. And, Father, for whatever reason, by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ alone, people have been healed because of it. So we ask you to bless everybody here. Bring people in who need to be in here and ask for prayer because, God, you are still at work and you are still our healer. Father, please be with everybody. And most importantly, help us to be about you. Help us to remember that this is for your glory and honor. And remember to keep telling other people about you, that if you've healed us, it is now our job to tell people so that you can then have an opportunity to heal them. Bless this time, bless this day, in Jesus' holy name, amen.
children and their children and their children. May his favor be upon you and upon you. 